Now, an hour of clarity for exhausted people of our nation mired in toxic partisanship. Left versus right, us versus them. While we pay to keep our politicians fighting, how do we the people rise up and solve the great challenges of our time? We do it by embracing freedom and liberty. There may be no such thing as a free lunch, but this hour is as close as it gets. Welcome to A Free Solution. All right, welcome to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thank you so much for joining us on this wonderful fall afternoon. We're live here at WYSL until 1 p.m. So give us a call if you want to participate in the discussion, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or on any of the services where we're streaming on the Facebook page, a Free Solution Facebook page, a Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson page, or the Kevin Wilson Twitter, wherever you are listening today, leave us a comment. If it's good, we'll read it on the air. And, of course, shout out down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark a little bit later today, and our podcasting friends, too. Appreciate all y'all listening, wherever you're listening today, to a Free Solution. And got a few different things coming up for the show today. We're going to talk about some daylight savings time stuff. We're going to talk about the infrastructure bill. We'll talk about the OSHA mandate since we talked about it on Friday. You know, So I want to follow up on, on what's going on there. And also, you know, fo- folks listening online, it, y- y'all know I'm a Bills fan. It, it's been, it was a rough weekend for us Bills fans, lose to Jaguars. The Manning curse, I think, is real. The Manning cast curse. But man, what a what a terrible game. And I and I'm watching this game, and and I should have gotten an extra hour of sleep. Like this is this is what like all my adult life is. Oh, fall back, you get an extra hour of sleep. No, no, no. Turns out, once you have kids, daylight savings time ending does not mean you get an extra hour of sleep. No, it's as far as my son was concerned, he normally wakes up at six a.m. Well, no one told him about the government changing his clocks. So he went ahead and woke up at what his body thought was 6 a.m. But it turns out it was actually more like 5 a.m. So, yeah, it was up at, it's at 5 yesterday morning. It's all right. It's all right. He's good. Love him. Healthy, healthy baby. But it does... Once again, because we, we're at this thing, at this time of year, making one reflect on the wisdom of daylight savings time. And, you know, I've actually slightly changed my position on this, right? So I, I used to be in favor of making daylight savings time permanent, that if, uh, if we are going to have a, a set time for everything, daylight savings time being permanent would be better because then I can – see some sunshine at 9 p.m. And to me, that sounds great. You know, as, a, as a, a, a young young person who wanted to go out and do things at that time of night, having sunshine in the evening sounds like a good time. You know, and if you, you move to standard time year-round, uh, the the sun would set just a teeny bit earlier. You know, I wouldn't get – I'd get my sunset set at like 8 p.m. And, and who cares if the sun rises at – 6 a.m. or 7 a.m. or 8 a.m. Who cares about any of this stuff? I'm not up anyway. There, there is, there is a time in my life by which I mean last year when I wasn't getting up until you know 
quarter after eight in the morning because I didn't have to because I was working from home and I work a, a job that involves me being from my computer. I start at nine. I get up at 8.15. Great. Sun's out either way. It doesn't matter. Daylight savings time, standard time, whatever. Now that I have a child, I think, okay, I was looking at the taking them to daycare last week and it's 7.30 in the morning and it's dark out. And I know th- there are friends in the U.S. too who who live even further north than us, and this <laughs> on on daylight savings time, the sun doesn't come out until like eight fifty five a.m. So, well, that, I guess in Washington State, that's that's what it's like out there. But and I thought, okay, may- maybe it does start to make sense to move into standard time year round. Now, if you're one of those folks who thinks that day- switching the clocks is a good thing. You know, I'd love to hear from you. I don't get it. I don't see why we do that. There's there are plenty of health studies that suggest that that is not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing to do to switch the clocks twice a year, particularly in the spring. It, it leads to an increase in heart attack, it leads to an increase in accidents and uh, in, in car accidents and workplace accidents. Switching our clocks twice a year does not make sense. And what we could do instead is just pick a time, stick with it. So I, I, I'm talking to you folks who, who are definitely in the pick a time and stick with it camp. If, you, if you're, you're in the, the switching the, the clocks twice a year camp, the, the listening to what the government tells you there, which has nothing to do with farmers, had to do with trying to save energy costs at one point in time, right? Figuring that, you know, if, if we kind of shifted the hours to when the, the daylight was, it would make more sense to um, – to to shift the working hours to when the most sunshine was going to be. But the problem is, is that didn't actually work. It didn't actually save any energy in any of the countries where we did it. In the United States, UK, Germany, it doesn't actually save energy. It doesn't work. Um, so... So, but I'm mostly talking to you folks. Like, you know, again, if you if you are in favor of eliminating the government time change, which happened at you know, state level, federal level, I don't care. Just change it somewhere. Uh, I, I think we should just do standard time. I think I think we should just. This is the last time change. We're not going to do it again. Just just stick with this. And I was actually convinced to switch. I read this article by uh, someone who's been a guest on this program. I think it was back when we were called Radio Free New York. But someone who's been a guest on this program, Scott Linscombe, wrote an article about daylight savings time and made the case for why you should switch and again, or why we should stay in standard time. And, and a lot of that has to do is like you look at like if you have later sunrises based on the time of day and you have all these kids who are forced to, to be out, you know, waiting for the bus early in the morning, you get more accidents when there's less uh, less light out. So if you can shift the clocks so, or have the clocks stay where you're going to get those earlier sunrises, you're less likely to have accidents involving school kids waiting for the bus in the morning. Um, it's, it's also, you're going to get more reasonable sunset times for more people throughout the country. So most, for the most part, like, again, if you're talking about like families and and, and people, how they, they normally act and and normally go out and do their activities, you're you're not getting that many more later evening, reasonable sunrises or sunsets by staying in daylight savings time as compared to being a standard time year round, where you still get a lot of sunsets post five p.m. all year round. You, you know, it, not in the winter in New York, obviously, but we're already doing that. We're already gonna look forward to you know four thirty sunsets up here. 
but you know who cares uh it doesn't make much sense to to extend that so that people have you know that that 9 p.m sunset for most folks again for just, just trying to think of like a utilitarian point of view for most folks you, you probably don't need that sunset after 9 p.m you, you, you can still go out and do activities in the summertime you know post that that time you, you're not doing activities that need sunlight at that time of night anyway don't need it. It's nice. I, I do like it. And again, that I was I was in that camp for a long time. But now, now I'm like, God, you know, I that that earlier sunrise kind of helps. But either way, overall, I think we should just just stop changing the times. Again, very confusing to my to not only my baby but also my, my dog and cat, who I have to explain now to the three beings, both my baby, my dog, and my cat, why the government has changed the time. And why their feeding schedule is now off. And they don't understand. No matter how many times I explain to them that the government has changed the clocks, they don't seem to follow. And they just say, hey, my body's telling me that it's, it's 6 o'clock. That's feeding time. What do you mean it's only 5 o'clock? My dog looking at me like, no, no, it's time right now. And I cave, of course. I feed him anyway. But... That that's on me. That's that's because I I spoil my dog and 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 the baby. You got to feed the baby when the baby wants to eat. But yeah, the baby he's he's gonna want to wake up at five in the morning now. That's that's what it is, because he doesn't know any better. And then we're gonna have to do the same thing in the spring, assuming that you know everyone everyone's gonna change their clocks. We're gonna spring forward again, and it's gonna mess up everyone's sleep schedule. We're gonna lose another hour of sleep, and it's gonna make things more difficult and. It, in fact, is serious enough to actually kill people. We need to eliminate the time change. Just get rid of it altogether. All right. So, again, thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. Uh, we're live until 1 p.m. So, again, give us a call, 585-346-3000. I'm going to post the article that I was talking about with Daylight Savings Time. Read it, digest it, think about it. Start calling your members of the legislature. Tell them to knock this stuff off. All right. Appreciate you all being here. We're going to be back with more from a free solution in just a few minutes. Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe safe and secure. Whatever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. All right. Welcome back to A Free Solution. And welcome to A Free Solution to my friends listening online because I forgot to put the stream live. So if you were looking for a daylight savings time rant from me, 
you're going to have to listen to the podcast. I'll post a whole thing there. Y'all can listen over. <laughs> uh, just look for our free solution wherever you can find podcasts. Uh, I'll have that up by this afternoon so you can catch that. But the point is we should stop changing our clocks. It's the whole thing. It, it hurts people and confuses my son. And, and that's a good enough reason to change public policy. Okay. So it sounds like we have a caller on the line, though. Dwayne Whitmer, you on? I sure am. Hi, Kevin. How you doing? Doing fantastic. How are you doing, Dwayne? Living the dream. I'm in Niagara Falls with Spike Cohen today. So nice. Uh, so yes, I you know I there. see that he was in town for the the with the Empire uh, Freedom Summit and yep yep yeah. So it yeah, looks like you guys uh, had a fun weekend. So give, give us an update. What what's going on? What what are you guys up to? What activities so, do you have planned for this evening? Yes, Spike and I are in Niagara Falls shooting some B footage today, and then later today at five o'clock. We will be in Virgin at the firing pin for a little meet and greet, a little gun range time with Spike and I. So if you are in the Rochester area today from 5 to 6.30 and you're bored, you want to meet Spike, you want to meet the guys from the pin who are um, some of the most two-way activists, you know, in the country. Uh, You know, Pat and Steve will be there for Sign Defense and Two-Way NYS who are, you know, leading when it comes to 2A, not just the 2A, you know, you have a right to own a gun to defend your home, but a, a right to resist the government, um, that kind of stuff, which is, you know, what the Second Amendment was for when it was written. Uh, I don't know if you guys are, if you've talked about the lawsuit that's in the Supreme Court, but that's kind of not going over really well right now. So, no, uh, you know, t- Can, it, can you tell us a bit about that? You know, Jim's, Jim's analyzing it as we speak, but... Um, I've heard clips of it, and, and essentially the, the argument is they've, they've diluted the argument and they've diluted the point of the Second Amendment to, well, you have a right to defend your home from a bad guy, which if, if that's where we dilute the Second Amendment to and the right to own a firearm, we, we've already lost. And so um, they're not touching the pistol permitting regime. They're not touching a lot of the more um, egregious, uh, gun control measures it's almost it's it's kind of just like a lame duck lawsuit that's going to be ignored um, right and so let, let's let's give some context here for everyone right so this is the the, the lawsuit that's brought on by like the, the nra they're suing the state of new york over pistol permitting and i know a lot of the discussion is around like kind of the arbitrary nature of issuing the permits you know why yep. there's such a huge discrepancy between like urban blue areas and, and kind of red rural areas uh yep. and so that that's that's kind of the main crux of the lawsuit right now part of it part of it and then from what i understand i think i heard a clip where one of the judges said you know, pistol permitting's not coming, or, or permitting's not, he either said permitting's not on the table, which means they're not even attacking it, or it's not going anywhere. He kind of made a comment where he, like, just dismissed that as, like, you're not even touching it, we don't care. It was very dismissive and, and almost, like, non, it was like a non-starter, which is uh, not a great start for a lawsuit so right this is the nra folks saying like we're not going to touch the permitting because i mean that would be a real shame that is a missed opportunity because the permitting well, is arbitrary a lot of times permitting so when I, I hate to say this but when i argue with my friends on the left and they talk about systemic racism one of the best examples of systemic racism is the pistol permitting regime because um pending where you live 
if you are in an urban area, it is harder to get a permit, and it's based on phonetics. Just like the um, the background check system is based on phonetics, it's not actually based on anything other than that. So if you have a name that sounds similar to someone who isn't allowed to own a gun, you get flagged. Mm-hmm. So it's it's set up to harm negatively certain groups of people. And so, yeah, the, the permitting system is, is completely flawed. Uh, you know, a lot of gun control is completely flawed. And so... Uh, that's kind of why, you know, back to the event today, I, so I got a, kind of a tangent, but that's why we like the guys at the pin. Um, I like the guys at the pin because when I first got into firearms, I had no idea what I was doing. And the first couple places I bought my first firearms from, they were like assembly line, get in, get out, buy your gun, leave, you know, have a good mm-hmm. one. And the pin, they, they, they work with you, they train you, they sit down with you. You know, they make sure it's a good fit and you're buying one that you know how to use. Um, I, I tell a lot of people like owning a gun is great, but if you don't know how to use it, you really just spent a lot of money on nothing because if you can't operate it in a, in a, in a situation, you know, you're, you're being attacked and you go to pull your firearm out and the magazine drops out well, yeah. now you're doomed. And so, you know, training is important. Knowing how to operate them, knowing how to handle them is, is, you know, crucial. So that's why I like the pin a lot. They do a lot of that with Pat and then Brandon and stuff, so they're good. Yeah, absolutely. And that's 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 an important important part of any uh uh anyone who's gonna own a firearm is you got you gotta know how to use it properly because if if you ever oh, yeah. do need to use it for defense or anything else, you know, it's uh if you can't figure out how to load your gun or or fire it properly, like it's not gonna do you any good and it's gonna be more likely to be, you know, dangerous to you. Yeah, yeah, it's a safety issue, absolutely. So no that well it's it, that's fascinating again that, that because I've been following that lawsuit too. I, I, I gotta see if I can get. Maybe I'll try to get Jim on the show uh, to to yeah, break down should. the I'm, the actual details of the lawsuit. His quote. I talked to him yesterday, and his quote was, "And I quote Jim Ostrowski said, it's 160 pages. It's a lot of reading. So maybe give <laughs> him a couple of days to go through it. But um, he he did say that he wants to kind of analyze it and kind of not not attack it, but say like." you know, where it's lacking, where, where it lags behind what the argument should have been, you know, where things better would have been a better focus where we could potentially actually win and not get nothing. Right. And, and, and that's the, I mean, I know that it's, it's tough when you bring lawsuits like this, like the Supreme court and, and courts generally want to look at like the most narrow thing yep. possible, right? You got to find like one thing where your party was injured and you, cause it's going to have wide ranging effects across the country. But if you, yep can maneuver that in a way to like again attack the permitting regime itself uh in a way that's going to be like helpful then okay cool you know then that's that's something worth looking at and yeah you know. i'm i'm also i'm also a little bitter because we were plaintiff on a lawsuit that the supreme court didn't take yeah. for the same issue so i'm a little i'm a little bitter so yeah i remember yeah erie county libertarians was like the the one bringing it right or is it some one yep. of your members yep. yeah Yep, yep. But well, yeah, it was like six or ten people across the state. But yeah, we were one of our members was one of the plaintiffs. So yeah, I'm a little upset because I thought that was a better argument. But you know how it goes. We don't. We didn't get in. Yeah, no, it's it is what it is. And and I'll, I'll read a couple of comments too. Uh, Tim O'Connor says uh, because gun gun control is economic bigotry and racism. Hey, you know that's uh, yeah, that's. That's part of it, Tim. He's right. He's actually he's actually right. I mean, um, uh, you have a right to defend yourself, 
and and your and what you've earned and it's uh gun control some of the stuff they want to do makes it harder to own guns for poor people and mm-hmm. makes it not harder to own guns for wealthy if you, if you charge ten thousand dollars to buy a gun permit i'll buy one but a lot of my low-income friends can't so then i'm right. better defended than my low-income friends i don't understand how that is economic you know equality but yeah, so so they don't get the right to self defense because they can't afford to buy their rights back from the government. Right. How's that it's, right? That's that's yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah. Um all right, cool. Man. It, again, Dwayne, appreciate you calling in and and just yeah. just real quick, let's let's go over the the details of of what's going yeah. on today. What's the event happening? Where is it? Yeah. Firing Pin in Virgin. It's on Buff- I think 8240 Buffalo Road. It's it's the Firing Pin. It's in Virgin. Um, that's at 5 p.m. We're doing some range time, a meet and greet. You can get your photo with Spike, who was the Libertarian Party VP nominee, who is um, amazing. He's a, he's a really great guy, very great great yeah. speaker, great guy. Um, if you're not following Spike Cohen on, on social media, go go and follow him. He is like a delight to follow. He is, he is entertaining yeah. and educa- educational all at the same time, so definitely yeah. look him up if Spike, you haven't heard of Spike him. Is, Spike is amazing. Um, and then the guys at the pin are also amazing. Uh, Brandon went viral. He was the guy at the Virginia rally with the Barrett. Yeah. So he went worldwide in media. So you know, supporting these guys who are there, um, actually putting, you know, themselves on the line to fight for us is something we need to start supporting those people and you know letting them know that we're here and we care about them. So. Excellent. Yeah. No, lo- love it again. Yeah, they're, they're good. At, I've, I've been to the firing pin several times you know it's it's not hard to get to right off of 490 if you're no. you're in the rochester area uh just like on the edge of monroe and, and genesee counties um and yep. yeah they got they got a great space out and, there and if you're if you're not sure about firearms they're the people to train you if you own one you want to learn how to use it pat and first line defense do firearms training so it yeah you know you're, you're not, they're not just going to give you one and, and, and leave you on your own they'll take care of you too so it's a, they're a really nice group of guys so there you go. And, and, and Firing Pen, you know, you guys just got like a good like 15-minute segment of free advertising. They're not advertisers on this show. They should be, but, uh, you know, <laughs> you get uh, – but, but, they, but they, are, they are really great. I'll talk about that today then. So. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Appreciate it, Dwayne. Thank you so much. Um, anything else to, to add before you, you take off? No, that's really it. Just, just like I always say, remember the government is a criminal organization uh, run by – Thugs, cons, and bad people who will take your money at gunpoint to get rich. So. Oh, goodness. Why are you pulling your punches, Dwayne? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks again, Dwayne Whitmer. And uh, check him out, 5, 5 p.m. at the firing pin. Uh, he's going to be there. Uh, Spike Cohen, who is the VP uh, nominee for the Libertarian Party back in uh, 2020, he's going to be there uh, benefiting a, a good organization, Erie County Libertarian Party. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. We're going to be back just a few minutes. Talk to you soon.
Why do businesses choose to move their website from Wix and Squarespace to Simple Tech Innovations? Maybe it's their excellent customer service or attention to detail. Maybe it's their ability to give a truly customized solution. Or perhaps they just like the fact that Simple Tech is a local small business that builds great relationships with its clients. Whatever the reason may be, you can rest assured knowing that the local team at Simple Tech has your best interest in mind when building or updating your website there hands-on and love helping customers achieve their goals. But don't take my word for it. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. If your website doesn't match your dreams or isn't achieving your goals, give the professionals at Simple Tech Innovations a call today for a consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. I'm Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us. We're here on WISL until 1 p.m. Give us a call, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. Or leave your comment online on a Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, the Kevin Wilson pages. Uh, and... Yeah, I know we're getting some comments from Tim, uh, some comments from Brian. Brian, I know you mentioned this uh, comment online about the, the the Associated Press saying something about like the the kids need to wait to get vaccinated. I haven't seen anything like that. If you if you guys if you guys have like interesting news tips for me to again send them uh, online or contact at a free solution dot com or call studio again five eight five three four six three thousand. If you if even if you don't want to go on air, that's just fine. You can leave information with our producer and we could talk about it on the show uh but but i do like seeing actual stuff to back it up if possible you know send me articles whatever you know i do read through it i, I don't always take your side i know but uh, you know I, I will read through it and, and see what you got um and uh i'll try to get to the bottom of it um and so I want to talk about a couple other issues, though. Speaking of, uh, of vaccines and mandates, uh, we we had talked about the uh, the OSHA mandate actually going into effect at the end of last week, and that was almost immediately smacked down for, for much of the reasons that we had talked about. Um, the So there, there's – as soon as the, the mandate went into effect, a, a lawsuit ended up um, cropping up from it, which we knew was going to happen. We, we – Especially since there's a couple months time between Joe Biden issuing the executive order telling uh, OSHA, the Occupational Health and uh, Safety, Occupational Safety and Health Administration, uh, telling them to to put the vaccine mandate order in place. Uh, there was a couple companies that ended up uh, getting into the U.S. Court of Appeals in the Fifth Circuit, and they one were, was a, a Louisiana supermarket chain, and the other one was a uh, a kitchen ventilation systems company from Texas. So they both got in, and that ended up creating a stay on this order. So it doesn't mean the order like totally goes away. It just is basically like, well, we're going to wait on this until like there's some further examination and so it may end up going to to another court uh could go up to the supreme court and and then we could uh you know see a ruling on that but but what the 
lawsuit generally does is that is that these these companies which were affected by the OSHA mandate uh, saying that uh, they they deserved relief because uh, it overextends OSHA's authority. Uh, they they um, didn't make a good case for saying that this is a, a grave danger to employees. Um, again, we talked about this uh, last week as well. Uh, because they use like the emergency standard, what normally happens in a rule like this takes place is you'd have a while for, for comments and further evaluation from a bunch of folks. But this saying, no, it doesn't have to go through that normal like public comment process. It just gets implemented, right? Um, and this lawsuit argued that this didn't meet the threshold for that because this isn't a specific workplace danger, which is what OSHA is supposed to deal with. This is a, a danger that uh, affects any hazard that you could be experiencing out in the world. So it does look like this is probably going to get shut down. Well, it is shut down for, for the time being. I, who knows how long it's going to stay shut down? I, I don't know. For all I know, something else has changed by now to, to implement it again. But for now, there is no vaccine mandate, which puts companies in the position, again, if they want to make their own vaccine mandate, they can do that. Like they're they're – they're allowed to set their requirements there. Uh, I mean, it'll be interesting to see if there are any lawsuits on that side. Uh, you know, I don't know uh, if if that would make sense, but they they can set their if they feel that it's that important to set a vaccine mandate for their employees. Let them do it. Let them justify it on their own grounds. They like, like I said last week, they can't go back to just saying, "Well, the government's making us do it." Gosh darn it. Uh, you know, you, yeah, we, we, our hands are tied. No, they can't say that. They have, they have to justify it. And if, and if it's that important, then, then they can do that. But you know, why, why, why hide behind that government authority? Um, and, and again, this, this, this really overextends, overstretches what the original mandate of OSHA is, and, and that's, that's not trivial to examine right like the you know osha is supposed to do with workplace safety and now there there are things in place that relate to communicable diseases um and you know there were uh there there are rules in place if you were exposed to um like hepatitis b and other things like if you, you were in a profession where like blood exposure to like that type of thing was something that could happen on a regular basis. They had to offer hepatitis, hep B vaccinations to their employees, but they, they, they didn't require it previously. They just had to, to offer it, you know, because this is a specific situation. They had to, to offer that to the employees, but they didn't have to, they, they weren't supposed to require that. Um, and so there, there's, there's a whole lot to this lawsuit and I haven't like, gotten through all of it nor you know am i the necessarily the most uh, qualified person to get through all of it I, I like many of you listening today am a lay person just trying to understand what this means for you know our friends and family who work at these places you know some of whom are you know, happily vaccinated and wish their employees their their their, their co-workers to get vaccinated too and some of whom who who aren't ready for that and i 
encourage them to get vaccinated. But if they're not ready for it, I don't think the government should mandate it either. And I don't think that the government should step in the way of these decisions from being made because they don't know all the trade-offs. <laughs> and, you know, yeah, <laughs> sorry. I, I saw the, the comment from Tim. He says, my, my vaccine inspector application is still going through. Tim, I think you you may miss that opportunity now, bud. It's, it's not going to happen. <laughs> uh, you, there there may be no vaccine inspectors, or at least not at the uh, the federal level, not from OSHA. But remains to be seen. We don't know yet. And the so so I'll, I'll make sure I share the article on this at, like that I'm reading. Uh, so uh, you know. There's the some of the stuff from um, like the AP, some of the stuff from um, Reason Magazine um, post uh, where where they they broke down everything that's going on here, uh, and and so it'll be interesting to see if either this goes away or they try to issue a new executive order and try to get around it because as I said last week, I think this is going to be an ongoing thing for the executive branch. This. And and that's part of this lawsuit too is to say like the executive branch itself is overstepping the authority of the type of institutions that are supposed to uh, make laws about these things, including the states, right? Like it is not ideal but more appropriate for states to make these sort of things. And, or if the federal government must make a mandate about these sorts of things, it should either go through Congress or specifically limit it to the type of things that the federal government controls, not merely anyone who – receives federal funds or, or anything, but specifically government employees. Because to me, I you know, I don't necessarily have a constitutional issue with the federal government saying, okay, if you're employed by us, if we are directly paying your salary, you have to be vaccinated. And we, we list X, Y, and Z reasons why. Okay, from you, know, you can be against employer mandates, whatever. But from a constitutional perspective, that they're employees, then it's just like a private company doing that. They can they can set the rules if they want to. You don't want to work for them, then okay. And, and in fact, in many ways, the federal government already does that. If you know, for folks who are, who have served in the military, a lot of them they have to get a whole bunch of vaccines. There are very few exceptions to that, um, and that's something that's been going on for a while. I know folks are, are making a, a deal about the the COVID nineteen thing, but you know, again, I come from a military family, never served myself, but I come from a military family. I know that that's, that's a thing for, for people in the military. You just got to get a whole bunch of shots. Um, and that's that's what the, the government requires for better or worse. Then, yeah, Not a moral judgment on this, just a constitutional judgment. Just Should the government have the right to set it for everyone else? Heck no, absolutely not. Should they set it for themselves? Uh, whatever. We can fight that out with the politicians. But I don't think they should make these big sweeping decisions for all of society. And the more we can get the government out of making these big sweeping decisions for the entirety of society, I think the better our politics will be. All right. Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. And speaking of big sweeping decisions, we're going to talk about the infrastructure bill next. But if you have any thoughts on any of these issues, give us a call 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. We'll be back in just a few minutes.
Your business relies on computers and technology to operate. Slow, unreliable networks and servers can cause unplanned downtime and affect your bottom line. The experts at Simple Tech Innovations are here to help. Their preventative maintenance program ensures that your computers and network are kept up to date and monitored for any issues, keeping your business running smoothly. They also help clients achieve HIPAA, PCI, and New York State cybersecurity compliance to keep your network safe and secure. Whenever your business IT needs are, Simple Tech Innovation should be your first call. They've won the best in Rochester eight years in a row and have an A-plus Better Business Bureau rating. Call them today for a free consultation at 585-200-3182. That's 585-200-3182. Simple Tech Innovations. A free solution. Welcome back to A Free Solution. Kevin Wilson, your host for today. Thanks again for joining us live here on WYSL. Until 1 p.m., give us a call 585-346-3000 or leave your comments online on the Free Solution Facebook page, Free Solution YouTube channel, or the Kevin Wilson Facebook page or Twitter. And shout out down the line to our friends listening over at WACK out in Newark. And friends listening on the podcast too which maybe you if you missed the first segment of this and want to hear me talk about daylight savings time and why it confuses my infant son and why we should get the government out of this whole process get the government to stop forcing us to changing our our clocks twice a year it's not necessary just go to standard time year-round that's what it is and you can find that either by using any podcast service, looking up a free solution, you should be able to find it on there. Or go to WYSL1040.com. You can also find a whole bunch of the shows on there, too, under the podcast. Anywho, let's talk about another big federal issue. It's a $1.2 trillion infrastructure package. It's been going on for months and months and months and months. And it finally seems to have gone through... Passed the House, passed the Senate. Might have been signed by Joe Biden already. I don't know. I didn't look it up. I, I, I saw this. So Someone told me about it like Saturday morning, and I, I had a moment of peace where I let my phone be be off for like 24 hours, and I come back, and, and we've spent $1.2 trillion. Cool. Thanks. That's, that's what I get for disrupting my weekend by by keeping up on the news. All right, so so we we spent one point two trillion dollars. What are we spending it on? Well, a lot of it, a lot of it is infrastructure. Again, for better or worse, we're spending a whole bunch of this on on things like roads and bridges, and you know the stuff what we normally think of as infrastructure. Right now, the the, the progressives, of course, have kind of expanded the idea of what infrastructure means to, to think about things like uh, you know the childcare, to think about things like. Uh, well, uh, uh, you know, a whole bunch of other stuff. And there's there's a couple of things in here that I want to talk about specifically. And one of them I think will actually be a good time. I, I'm curious to, to see what, what Tim O'Connor thinks about the, the rural broadband uh, spending in here. Because the, the first time I had Tim on the show, way back when, before he was a host, uh, that's what we ended up spending about half of our first show talking about is rural broadband and, and, and New York State uh, subsidies for that service. And, and this bill has $42 billion worth of subsidies for rural broadband. And the I know 
I know people in rural areas want to have high-speed internet. But, but hear me out here. Government is not the only way to do that. And by the time government builds these physical networks, the technology for satellite-based internet and other types of internet may have already outpaced the projects that were scheduled to be built for rural broadband, which is going to take up a, a lot of money. And again, there's, there's a couple arguments against this. It's that uh, it's that the cost to get a mile, two miles of of cable out to a single house is going to be astronomical. And that's why a lot of times the companies that exist don't want to do this. But again, we're, we're getting around this nowadays. And, and, and comment from Tim O'Connor says, by the time I, I, it get built out, it'll be obsolete. Yeah. Elon Musk is building a network of satellites to provide internet, the super low orbit satellites to, to, to be able to get internet to, to anyone around the world, to, to get around uh, the, the cost of building infrastructure to allow people to just be able to connect purchase that service. They're not the only ones either. Many companies are getting into this. And that is the way we solve our rural internet access issues. Companies are already doing that. Um, and you know, Brian says T-Mobile home internet is directed at un- underserved areas and works well. Yeah, that's a, another great point. These companies are already getting into this stuff because you know they want to be able to find new ways to, to connect to their customers. They want to expand their customer base. And, and there's this mindset, particularly among progressives, where they think that if the government is not doing something, that a problem is not getting solved, that the service just doesn't exist. They think about education. They think about infrastructure. They think about a whole bunch of stuff. And that that is just not true. We have companies that are working on solving this problem. They have a profit incentive to do so. All right, sounds like we have a caller on the line, though. Charles from Rochester. Charles, what's on your mind? Uh, I just wanted to voice my opinion with you on the uh, daylight savings. I agree with you. Uh, there's no reason to have it anymore. Back in the day when we did need to have it, you know, that made sense. But this is a new age. And uh, as far as I know, I think Congress was actually looking into getting rid of daylight savings. Yeah, I mean, it would be awesome if they actually did it because they always talk about it every year. Like, ah, oh, maybe this is the year we're gonna we're just gonna stop doing it. Uh, my, yes. My 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 twenty first birthday. I happen to be living in Arizona, right uh, right over in Laughlin, Nevada. I was uh, twenty in uh, in Nevada, but I was twenty one in Arizona. So yeah, uh, the thing Arizona doesn't change the times. Yeah, no, they're one of, uh, of a couple of states that just they don't participate. So the the official time in those states it just stays the same year round. We we could do that. We could do it on the state level or or the federal level. Either one. I think a, a whole world level of hey, let's not do this anymore. Yeah, let's let's just stop. There's no no reason yeah, for it. Yeah, let's exactly. just, just stop doing this. <laughs> I agree. All right. Well, Charles, uh, appreciate you calling in. Thank you so much. Uh, And again, if you want to call in, we have a couple minutes left, 585-346-3000. That's 585-346-3000. If you want to call in and talk about the daylight savings time thing, the infrastructure bill, the the, uh, Fifth Circuit Court decision, whatever one, 
uh, give us a call or leave your comment online, too. Got another comment here from uh, Nathan who says, Kevin, just wanted to let you know that I first volunteered for a libertarian campaign last year for you. Now I live in Ontario County, and I'm working on becoming the affiliate contact. Thanks for all you do. Yeah, right on, Nathan. That's awesome that you're uh, getting active out in Ontario County. They definitely, you know, could use a strong libertarian presence out there, too. So thanks for listening today, and uh, it's good to hear that you're doing great things. Um, and, and going back to the, the infrastructure bill thing, the, the rural broadband thing, uh, you know, I, I don't know that there's, you know, ways to solve every problem without government, that markets can solve every single problem. But I am confident that there are smart, imaginative people who, for the right incentives, for the right profit incentives, are willing to solve all sorts of problems. And we don't need to steal money from the populace or take on massive amounts of debt because at this point, they're not even taxing away that money. They're just – not in the short term anyway. They, that, that, that feels too bad to tax that money. So what do both Democrats and Republicans do? Well, they just spend more because ah, we, we get all the benefits without the cost of spending that money. So that $1.2 trillion, oh, we don't feel it now. That creates longer term issues for the massive amount of, of debt we're taking on and the increasing cost of servicing that debt. But in the short term, feels good, man. Feels great. We get new bridges and roads and, and politicians who voted for that get to be the heroes. They're going to have nice conferences where they're going to, you know, unveil the new uh, whatever, you know, like uh, high speed rail stations that they build or, you know, that that took 40, 50, 60 billion dollars to build a mile of track. I'm only sort of exaggerating. <laughs> on the cost of uh, building rail. And again, I don't dislike rail. It's just, it's super expensive, y'all. That's what it is. Uh, and, and we make it more expensive through government regulation. I didn't have time to get any of that stuff, but yeah, we make it super expensive through having to purchase from certain vendors, from uh, only being able to purchase American parts, of trying to 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 to, to set all the wages at uh, the union rate, even if you're using non-union workers. All these things we should spend a whole other show diving into this. What makes our infrastructure expensive and why maybe we want to just ease back on spending all these now trillions of dollars on infrastructure. Appreciate y'all joining us here on a free solution, though. Uh, I'll be back on Wednesday to talk more about these issues. And, of course, tomorrow, I think we have Tim O'Connor tomorrow. I'll have to find out about that. But, uh Thanks again for joining us here on A Free Solution. I will talk to you again on Wednesday. Have a good afternoon, folks.